River Rock has been a leader of the cannabis community since 2009. What stood out to me mostly was definitely the quality of their product and the knowledge of their product. The way that they treat each individual person always with respect and they try to make sure that your needs are taken care of. That was Michelle. She's been a medical patient at River Rock for seven years now. Like she mentioned, the employees at River Rock always have their recreational and medical customers in mind, especially with pricing and two convenient locations both open until 10 p.m. River Rock's quality with their prices is pretty much unmatched. River Rock caters to their medical customers by providing exclusive benefits when they become a member, including $100 in-store credit, 25% off all full-priced items, and so much more. The sign-over benefits have been great for me personally, especially since I live on a limited budget. The sign-over benefits have helped me to get medication that I normally wouldn't be able to get otherwise. Find out more about the sign-over benefits and why people like Michelle have stayed with River Rock for this long at riverrockcolorado.com. to the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Elixinol. And Elixinol does not sell snake oil, but they are induced by Jake the Snake. Uh, don't take our word for it. Take Jake Plummer's word for it. Plummer is a huge fan of Elixinol's Hemp Balm, a topical pain reliever that's just one of Elixinol's many great non-THC products. What's more, 5% of your purchase will go to a non-profit of your choice when you visit Elixinol.com to get yours today. Another day here at the Denver Broncos facility as the Broncos continue their off-season program. I always get so confused. I thought we were starting OTAs. This technically isn't OTAs. It's just the beginning of the off-season training program. I guess it's OTPs. <laughs> I mean, I know what you mean. It is, it's so confusing. Technically, OTAs are when the players are on the field actually doing kind of what resembles, resembles football. Right now, they're just lifting weights. Is it... Organized team activities? Organized for, for OTAs? Yeah. Organized team activities, I think. Yeah, I think that's it. Well, I would say this is an organized team activity. So <laughs> it I, certainly looks like we're it. We're in OTAs, maybe. No, Ryan, this is an off-season workout program. Oh, OWPs. <laughs> that sounds like a rapper or something. It like, does. <laughs> throw it up for OWP. Uh, <laughs> or we're throwing up the OWP. How do you do the P, though? I'm trying, trying to do the P, P. with my hand. <laughs> Upside down. That's an M. An M? Oh, that, <laughs> I see it now. you got to have a very stark angle exactly. on it. Exactly. Great podcasting here. Really helping with the visual aid over there. Um, the Broncos are here in the building, though. Uh, Chris Harris, we presume, is still not here in the building. And you could probably count on him not being here until at the – Early, well, unless the deal gets done, at the earliest you would expect him is for mandatory minicamp, but mandatory is 
used in a in a way that doesn't really uh, apply to this situation. Because let's say mandatory, if if he gets a deal done after the mandatory minicamp, the Broncos could fine him for missing that. Are they going to fine him? No. So it it really doesn't mean much. Zach, we skipped over something yesterday when we were talking about Cortland Sutton and what he had to say on Tuesday. And what it was was interesting based on the roster. Cortland Sutton essentially talked for his entire press conference in um, the in from a position of which he is the number one receiver. Would you agree with that? 100% Ryan let me just read you his his first answer to a question so I his opening statement he says it's a little different coming in as a rookie you just kind of feel it out you don't know what to expect there is really nothing that guides you through and says this is how I'm supposed to come in having a year under my belt I know what to expect for myself and what my teammates expect from me I'm excited going into this season knowing that I am going to get to be the number one and I'll get all of the looks and all of the pressures. I'm excited about that. Ryan, that was his first statement and he went on multiple other times to not not when someone asked him about being the number one or if he thinks he can be the number one. He stated he's the number one. Okay, so a couple thoughts here. That doesn't sound like a guy who's just very confident talking about how I'm going to, you know, become the number one receiver because of my production. Does that not sound like a guy who has been told you are the number one receiver? Probably by multiple people, by the offensive coordinator, by the wide receivers coach, um, probably not by Emmanuel Sanders, but that's where my mind goes to right away is, wait, what's going on with Emmanuel? Because everything we've heard from him on Twitter and social media is his recovery is better than expected. He's going to be ready. I don't think Emmanuel is just accepting the number two spot. Yeah, and now I have questions. Well, I guess for probably all of training camp, Cortland Sutton is going to be the number one. So maybe as a coaching staff, they're saying, why would we do anything but prepare Cortland Sutton in the mindset of a number one receiver because you know as much as everyone now that the option has been picked up because you know if they didn't pick up the option everyone has said well there's no way that Emmanuel ever would have been ready oh right (laughs) now everyone of course now is at the point of oh Emmanuel of course is going to be ready because well they picked up the option so that's that's the way it has to be um as much as everyone wants that to be true I mean wouldn't week one be a very aggressive timeline it would be. It would be because what, when did it happen? December? The end of November? Yeah, it, it would be aggressive. So that's an eight-month recovery. Yeah. A lot of people say it's a year on a quick, on a, a fast scale, maybe eight months. If he's able to do it in seven, then he's going to be able to get out there for some of training camp. But even then, I, I believe the, tra- the coaching staff is preparing Cortland Sutton to be the number one receiver. And then well, where does... Emmanuel Sanders figure in because is he the number two or is he the slot um and I hearken back to something we actually didn't talk about on this podcast because it happened on a Friday I believe which was um the Emmanuel Sanders D-Mac showdown which was just I mean just a marvel like hats off to the fan they that was incredible I loved every second of it but he was asked about being a slot receiver and he sounded as receptive to the idea as I've ever heard, which I didn't think much of it then. I thought he was just, you know, playing good guy Emmanuel Sanders on the radio. But 
now I think, well, maybe he's also been communicated that, hey, we're going to bring you back. We're going to pay you, you know, what we're paying you. But we are going to plan on using you in the slot a little bit more um, and, you know, getting these other guys more work on the outside. And if you want $10 million, you got to be okay with that. And what Emmanuel followed up with saying with that was, as long as the targets are coming my way. And uh, from the slot, a lot of targets can come that way. Ryan, especially if the tight end group stays the way it is and they don't add uh, a Hawkinson or a Fant in the draft, then that middle of the field could be all Emmanuel Sanders, and his skill set could be perfect for that. But that, if something was going to go from Emmanuel hurting his Achilles, would it be would it be long speed or would it be short area quickness? Yeah, the quickness. That cons- that concerns me if they're planning on putting him in the slot because I'm not really worried about his striding. You know, like if he's going to be. We, we've talked about Joe Flacco needing a deep threat. It's either been bring someone in or make Emmanuel Sanders that guy. So maybe it is just he's going to be considered the number two option, still being on the outside, because if you're worried about anything with an Achilles injury, it's short bursts. And while that's, I mean, something to worry about, regardless of where a receiver's lining up on the field, it's most important for those slot receivers. You know, we love Andy Isabella because not only does he have long speed, but he also has the short burst to get open in the in the middle of the field. So I was just, I mean, clearly this coaching staff has con- has conveyed to Cortland Sutton that he's the number one receiver, unless he's just so self-confident that he's willing to just, maybe he's just trying to speak it into existence. Maybe he's reading The Secret. Have you heard of that book? <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe he's just trying to speak his goals into existence. Could be. Yeah, he was very confident in it, though, Ryan. And is this... Would that be, oh, let's say you're a defense, and right now you are whoever the Broncos are playing first when we find that out later this month. Who are you preparing for as the Broncos' number one receiver right now, knowing that everything's been positive about Emmanuel and that they expect him to be back for week one? Is, in other words, who, who are you planning on matching your number one corner on? Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders. Mm. I mean, it has to be, right? Corlin Sutton who we've talked nothing. I mean, we started the Cortland Sutton hype train last year, and and we've given him a lot of credit. We've also, you know, came back on him when when we needed to. The drops were too much, and and this is the main point I'm getting to. He didn't do anything as a number one receiver last year. Nothing. So why would you as a defense be concerned about that until he proves it? Now, we've talked a lot also about how Case Keenum's inaccuracies really hurt Cortland Sutton last year. And if – Joe Flacco's able to throw a back shoulder ball. Well, Corlin Sutton's putting up a thousand yards this year. Like that—that's that should be a guaranteed first down every time. Just run straight, throw a back shoulder, a little high. Corlin Sutton's gonna beat his man every time. Um, so I, I have faith in Corlin Sutton. But if you're a defense, you're planning you're you're planning on having to stop Emmanuel Sanders. He's the one that has given number one corners fits in the past. Yeah, and, and that's that's what I would do too, but it just makes me think maybe Emmanuel's not where he needs to be. And then what does that mean? I mean, you're comfortable with Cortland on the field, whether it's a, a, a on the field in a, in a two or three wide receiver package set. You're comfortable with that. But then let's say Emmanuel's not ready, and that's why they're preparing Cortland to be the number one, and we'll do that this offseason. Deshaun, comfortable with him as the third. 
but then he's your second, and then who's your third? To me, I mean, if, if this is being conveyed from the top down, uh, the message to Cortland, because they know something about Emmanuel that maybe we don't, or they're just preparing him, which, which is great. But if not, you got to draft a wide receiver in, what, by the end of day two? Yeah, yeah. Andy Isabella, come on. Do it. <laughs> I mean, Andy Isabella, um, Deshaun Hamilton, and Cortland Sutton sounds fine to me. Sounds it sounds great for the next five years. I will say this. Um, one thing that I I love to hear is that Emmanuel Sanders is is here. Um, he is obviously still nursing the injury, but it would be very easy for him to be holed up in his in his house in Houston, you know, just hanging out down there while he recovers from this injury. No, he's here. He's rehabbing with the Broncos, um, and I appreciate that. Um, that to me is a guy who's dedicated to this team, and. Um, Emmanuel, in some cases, rightfully so, has taken flack, and I mean, from no no one more than Dmac, but to to see him kind of being around here during this injury, just the same way he was last year, it wasn't just you know a uh, semantics thing last year where he was trying to you know he was quote unquote in a contract here, so he was doing everything right. No, uh, Emmanuel Sanders is committed to the Broncos, and. That's nice to see. And if there's anything, any questions out there about what the Broncos expect from Cortland this year, Ryan, he was the first offensive player to talk this offseason, which to people that don't understand this may not seem like a big deal. That is a huge deal. These are the people they showcase. On one side of the ball, they brought out Von Miller, which we talked about. On the other side, it was Cortland. Right, that, that says he's the guy on offense. Now, obviously, Joe Flacco's a little different because we talked to him most recently, and he's a new guy. But outside of that... There you go, Cortland. You don't you don't just get to be the number one receiver. You got to be the best weapon on this team. After the conversation, should the Broncos be considering a skill position player in the first round? <sighs> Who? I mean, DK Metcalf. There's you're not going running back, and you could go Hollywood Brown. That would be probably a trade back scenario. You don't want to draft him at ten. I don't go DK. That does that doesn't sound good. I will say this, and and this is a small, 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 small thing. Um, I I saw a video of his pro day. Again, small thing. <laughs> but he was lined up at again, small thing. He was lined up against like an assistant coach, and he was just doing a break of a nine route off the line. He got off the line like incredibly fast. I was I was actually and just kind of did like one little quick shake move to to get around. And I was like, wow. That was actually extremely explosive. Uh, and what the concern with him is that it's the short area stuff that is going to give him issues. So if that's the case and he can get off the line that quick, I'm less worried about him. But still, I mean, Cortland Sutton put up 2,000-yard seasons at SMU. DK Metcalf never put up more than a 700-yard season at Ole Miss. And different, different quality of competition, but... Cortland Sutton is a second-round pick. Well, now we're talking about this guy as a top-five pick in some cases. I'm a little worried about him. I like how um, Cortland Sutton didn't directly say his name, but he said there's wide receivers coming out of the draft that look like Transformers. <laughs> now, Ryan, is tight end a skill position? Would you consider that? Oh, uh, yeah. In, in today's NFL, it is. So uh, Chad Reuter with NFL.com put out his four-round mock draft, and the first skill position player to go off the board is TJ Hawkinson at 12. 
So that's an option potentially. He has DK Metcalf going at 15. Um, the next skill position, Paris Campbell, the wide receiver from Ohio State, going 22. And Josh Jacobs, the running back from Alabama. By the way, I really like Paris Campbell. Mm, enough to draft him in the first round if you're the Broncos? Not at that position. Not at 10. Um, and I, he's, he's a 41 option. Unless you really traded back to the end end of the first round, but I can't see that happening. You sound like our listeners, Ryan. Chad Chad Reuter has Paris Campbell going twenty two. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's not, he's not a ten. He's not a ten guy. And that's why, man, second or third round, it's just it's so obvious to me. You get Andy Isabella, but let let's let's dive into to the rest of Chad Reuter's uh, mock draft and see exactly who he had the Broncos taking. Uh, so we won't go through every pick, but I want to point out the first two. Number one overall, Kyler Murray. We understand that. You love the pick. You're Is not there a anyone Cardinals that's fan. not mocking Kyler Murray at number one? I don't know how you can. I mean, how could you mock someone else? Even after their smoke screen this week of bringing in Nick Bosa and meeting with him. So I was the first one to say Kyler Murray number one overall. <laughs> and I was the first one to say Drew Locke is Jay Cutler. Make me a quarterback guru. Well, speaking of Drew Locke. He has the Raiders trading up to number two overall and selecting Drew Locke. Why would they need to get to number two? They must, in this scenario, they must love Kyler Murray and Drew Locke, not Dwayne Haskins, because maybe they would just be concerned that uh, Miami would jump them or Washington would make a huge trade up, although they've did that a few years ago and didn't work out very well. So it must just be that John Gruden has two guys and one of them picked number one overall. That's weird, in my opinion. Um, I guess that's a paranoia thing. Unless so, the the 49ers in this case are the big winners. Mm-hmm. Although if they want Nick Bosa, not necessarily, but maybe they don't love Nick Bosa. I mean, they have drafted two defensive linemen in the last three years. Well, so Nick Bosa goes three to the Jets. Number four, they land another defensive lineman, the 49ers, Quinnen Williams. At least he's an interior guy. Right. A little bit different. Yeah. All of their guys have been defensive ends. And they were really 3-4 defensive ends. Then they transitioned to a 4-3, which was, I mean, a scary proposition. It actually worked out pretty well. Both of those guys had pretty good seasons last year. If you put those two with Quinnen Williams, that is a freakish uh, uh, defensive line. Man, just Put Quentin Williams anywhere, and it's dangerous. So you continue down the top 10. Number 9 overall, the Dolphins trade up with the Bills to grab their quarterback just before the Broncos, which is interesting. Dwayne Haskins is off the board. So, Ryan, three quarterbacks gone in the top 10, in the first nine picks, I should say. It's got to be good news for John Elway if he's not looking at a quarterback. Devin White's on the board. And the Broncos select Devin White. Wow, this is dream scenario in my opinion. Look, I put Devin White in a rare category in here, um, and that is elite. That is game-wrecking. That is can't-miss prospects. There's Nick Bosa. In my opinion, there's Kyler Murray. Um, there's Dwayne Haskins. There is Quinn and Williams. Although I, I worry just a little bit about Quentin Williams. Stop it. Um, there is TJ Hawkinson, but he's almost too safe to put in that, that category. He's kind of – I do believe he's can't miss, but I, I don't necessarily mean that that means he's going to be a top 
five player at the position, which he would have to be for you to take him at 10. Um, it's a small group of guys that I believe are instant game changer, starter, pro bowler level players. I mean, the same as Bradley Chubb was last year. You know, you're going to get him. He's going to produce. You're going to love him no matter what. That's where Devin White is, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think anyone would disagree with you in the fact they don't have to trade up, don't do anything. He falls to them. Broncos are thrilled that three quarterbacks went in the first nine picks. Who else is there? In the first round, you have Andre Dillard there, TJ Hawkinson, Ed Oliver, Christian Wilkes from Clemson, DK Metcalf, Jonah Williams, uh, Daniel Jones, if you wanted to go that route. Uh, and that Devin Bush as well, of course. And then you kind of get in, in the guys in the 20s. So, I mean, th- th- there are picks that the Broncos could go. Um, Jonah Williams, Ed Oliver, Hawkinson, or Dillard. I mean, he has Dillard going 11, one pick after. Yeah. I just, the more, I liked Dillard for, you know, like three days. Um, <laughs> but then I realized, like, Dillard is a pass blocker. And the Broncos want to run the ball. And so... Are you really going to take a guy who, I mean, he's probably passed, he probably passed blocked less or run blocked less snaps in his entire career at Washington State than he would in his first season as, as a Bronco? Oh, 100%. Maybe in his first game as a Bronco. Yeah. Uh, and with, with Dillard, it's just, it's a risk. It's risky taking him there because you know he's a good pass blocker. Can he develop the run side? How long will it take? And that's, it's a little too risky for me at 10. If you want to trade down to 20 and do it, pick up a second-round pick, maybe even a first-round pick by that, then, yeah, I'd like it. But at 10, just a bit too rich. But, Ryan, the Broncos don't have to worry about that because in the second round of this mock, he has Dalton Risner going to the Broncos at 41. His little explanation on it is Risner could play tackle for Denver if needed, but he initially lines up inside to get the Broncos' five best guys on the line. Might as well start calling him Dalton Faller <laughs> if you're going to start saying that he's getting picked at 41. Um, it's wishful. I so, there's two sides of this. Sometimes we get too caught up in, oh, this guy can just fall to 40. Oh, if this guy falls to 41. Oh, if this guy falls to 41. Sometimes we also get too caught up in this guy. There's no way this guy's there at 41. Because if you went through the 40 players that go in front of Dalton Risner, you'd probably say, oh. Well, I guess he could. I guess he could fall. All forty of those guys are really good players, so it's. Uh, I don't know. It's one of those things where if it happened, it would be surprising, but not. It's not impossible. So if you want to hold out hope for it, go ahead. But it's sort of the same thing as holding out hope for Will Hernandez last year, right? Everyone was, oh, if he's there at what? What was their pick in the you know thirty-seven, thirty-eight? Yeah. Okay. Well, he went at thirty-three. I think the first pick of the second round. So or the second pick. Uh, whatever it was. So that's something to, you know, to keep in mind. There is a chance. It's just not likely. And whenever a team has a night to sleep on, I always feel like teams make more smarter decisions in the second round. They're just not the Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I guess I should say at the top of the second round. In the end of the first round, being in the end of the first round sucks as a team because – you can have all of your plan. Like you have to have like 30 different plans. If you're picking at 31, <laughs> anything can happen in front of you. And so a lot of times there's panic picks at the end of the first round. Um, and every team has been guilty of it at some point 
unless you know they're a team that's never picked back there. <laughs> but every team has been guilty of, oh no, our top five guys got reached on and they're they're ahead of us. Okay, well let's just take this guy, and it and it puts them in a bad position. When you're picking at 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, you have a whole night to plan out the scenarios in front of you. And so you're, you see, you're seeing all, you know, the top 10 players on the board. You, if you're picking at 37, you can, you have time to plan out every single scenario. Okay. If these four guys go in front of us, this is what we do. If these four guys go in front of us, this is what we do. And so you see at the top of the second round, all of those guys who everyone says oh he's still there he could have gone in the first but he's still there they almost all go in the first five picks because the team had the entire night to think it over yeah you're exactly right and also I mean speaking of wide receivers Nikhil Harry goes 42 one pick after the Broncos so if you want a wide receiver there you go earlier in the second round Marquise Brown goes AJ Brown goes so a lot of talent uh, in the second round, a wide receiver too, but I love this pick on the offensive line. Ryan, in the third round with the 71st overall pick, the Broncos get Lamont Galliard, the center from Georgia. Did I get that right? No idea. <laughs> um, a center would be nice. Uh, really, though? Second round pick? You have so many whole... third Third round pick. Oh, third round pick. Yep. Okay, I was going to say, that seems like a reach. Um, oh yeah, sure. Anything's cool in the third round. And here's what he says. He says, with Matt Paradis departing for the Panthers, the Broncos find another undersized but tough-as-nail center in, in Lamont. So, man, it, this seems like a starting move. His name sounds like he's tough as nails. <laughs> he really like, does. You probably don't want to mess with a guy named Lamont Galliard. <laughs> no. A redshirt senior. This guy's played a ton. Man, if you get three start right now, that would profile as three starters. Whereas last year, we weren't saying that about the second-round pick, Cortland Sutton. We couldn't say that. This yeah, would profile is that. Their second-round pick was their third receiver going yep. into the season. Now he's their first. Apparently. <laughs> um, you, these things can be great and they can be bad. Um, for some reason, I'm going back to... Would it have been... It must have been the Von Miller draft. They drafted Von Miller in the first. Can you help me with this? Maybe pull up that draft. I believe it was Von Miller in the first. Were he more in the second? Does that sound right to you? Uh, he was either second or third. Uh, okay, so it was Von Miller in the first. I believe Raheem Moore in the second. There was the... Um, oh, God. He was a safety from either Baylor or Oklahoma, like Quinton something. And... What I'm getting at here is that there was the idea that the Broncos got three starters out of this draft, or even four starters. Because remember, this is a team that was coming off of one of the worst seasons in, in franchise history, and so they had all these holes. And everyone thought, okay, well, they just they got Von Miller, and they got this guy, and they got that guy, and they got this guy, and they got that guy. Maybe even four starters. You had Von Miller, Raheem Moore was a second pick, Orlando Franklin yeah. also in the second round, and then the third round, Nate Irving. Okay, and then who's the fourth round pick, uh, the safety? Quentin Carter. Quentin Carter. From I kept wanting to say Quentin Nelson, and I knew that obviously wasn't who it was. Who it was. So everyone was saying they could have just gotten four starters here. Well, as it turned out, Von Miller, of course, was a starter. Um, Orlando Franklin was a solid starter, although he struggled a little bit early. Raheem Moore was not a great safety. And Quentin Carter also really never amounted to much for the Broncos. And, and what happened was they weren't as good as everyone thought they were going to be because, well, 
they didn't actually get those four stars. So it's nice to say that you got these guys. But remember, hitting on four picks in a row in the NFL draft is like, I don't know, making four half-court shots in a row. Like, you're lucky if you make one. I should actually say, you should expect to make one. So maybe it's a little inside half-court. It's like 50-50. Yeah. So you, you hope to – you you need to make one. You mean the jumper inside. Right. It's just about 50%. Maybe it's like everyone – you start with um, yep. uh, an elbow jumper. Yeah. Then you're going out to a three-pointer. So now you're down to about 30%. Then you're going out to like an NBA three-pointer. You go down a little more. And then you're at a half-court shot. Yeah. Making all four of those is incredible. Making one, you expect. Making two – you feel good. If you're good, you do it. Making three, that's that's awesome. Making four, nearly impossible. Exactly, exactly. We just brought the draft to the NBA court. And Ryan, they're not going to get a fourth, though. They're not going to get a fourth starter in this mock draft. He has the Broncos going quarterback Jared Stidham from Auburn. That's fine. You need a player. I, I would prefer to wait until the fifth. Because I think that's when you're out of starter range. Like, if you get a starter in the fifth, it's just lucky. What's a what's a fourth? I mean, is that a full court shot? You mean a fifth? You're going for a starter? No, in the fourth. Because you said you don't you don't want to go quarterback in the fourth because you want to get a starter. Well, we we just did four. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. So that's the half court shot. Is the fourth? Mm. But I like my chances making a half court shot. Half court shot. I think a half court shot is a third. Well, now you're changing the the formula we just made. When was the last? starter the Broncos drafted in the third round Royce Freeman was the week one starter last year okay there you go who else <laughs> uh I don't I mean they've struggled Adam Gotsis oh he no he was the second, second round pick oh Justin Simmons then was the third round pick that year okay that's about a half court shot what 20 percent yeah so again uh I I want to take my chances on getting a a player that can help me right away in the fourth just get in. Look, you are drafting a backup quarterback with this pick. You're not. Your chances actually of hitting it on on it are much higher because you're not expecting them to be great. You're just expecting them to be good enough to come in for three games. I don't. Them becoming a great starter is like hitting a full court shot, one handed, just chucking it as far as you can. Um, so, you're if, if as long as you're thinking of it that way of we don't need to get a great quarterback here. We just want to get a guy who's solid, who can develop, and hopefully you know, be a cheap backup quarterback option for us for four years, and then we'll see what happens after that. So go for, wait till the fifth round is just what I'm saying. If you're, if you're going to draft quarterback in this, in this draft, which I think they probably will, wait until, the, wait until the fifth round. Take your chances because you want to get as many starters as you possibly can in this draft. All right, Zach, uh, before we move on, got to tell the people about the good old people. Got to tell the people about the good old friends we have over at Strava Craft Coffee. Uh, Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that's really changed lives, and their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. The CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety. Whatever it is, they have helped with it. CBD is an all-natural and non-psychoactive ingredient, plus the coffee is rich and tasty. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. That's BSN2019. And if you're like one of our listeners, you can cold brew the coffee, which actually sounds incredible, and you get that CBD. I have the Elixinol 
um, it's just like a CBD squirt bottle. And I just, f- five pumps into the, into the morning protein shake, a full day of clarity ahead of you. <laughs> there you go. Uh, he uses it himself. Oh, yeah. I am a, uh, I am a Lixanol user. I have also used um, the Strava Craft Coffee. All of, all, all of our partners are legit. They certainly are. And, man, we're adding some great partners to it just, just with these guys. Yeah, and, and as you listen to this podcast, you'll hear it feels like every day we're adding more and more partners, which is awesome. Um, and a lot of it is because of you guys uh, who listen to the show, download the show, and are really a part of this family. And that actually reminds me. <clears throat> I just wanted to address this quickly, easily. If you, if you ever feel like we're being too hard on you and you ask a question, I just want you to know that it's coming from a place of love. Like, if Zach says something that I disagree with, I'm going to jab him a little <laughs> bit, you know? I'm, I'm going to give him uh, a little punch to the ribs, a little, little like, you know, a little knuckler to the ribs. A little noogie? Yeah, just a little <laughs> noogie. Uh, because cause I love Zach. And that's how I treat my friends, you know. So if if you ask a question that we disagree with or we make a little light of or, you know, give you a little crap for it, it's not – we're not trying to be mean. We're just having fun with you the same way we would with our friends because you are our friends. And, in fact, you're our family. And also, if we ever disagree with you, that's a good thing. I want to disagree with Ryan more. We just see things way too similar. Uh, and sports wouldn't be fun if everyone was on the same team and had the exact same view of how everything should go. Then there would be no such thing as sports. It, it's good to have the disagreement. So when you guys throw uh, things that I disagree with, when you throw that out there, I love it. And, and I love talking about it. And if you, if you disagree with what I said to your comment, comment about that next. And just re- remind us what the conversation was so, so we can get the conversation started. Yeah, so don't take it personally if we disagree with you. We love you all the same. I mean, do you agree with your family at the dinner table every night? No, you don't. But you still love them, and that's how we feel with you. Well, this is a perfect one, then, talking about disagreeing. Captain Hook comes in and says, I couldn't hold my tongue any longer on the straw debate. It is two holes. When digging with the shovel, we consider them holes, even though they don't go all the way through the earth. The parts of donuts that are cut out in the middle get made into donut holes because that is what they created. And in terms of projectiles or having a nail go through you slash into you, there are even terms to make a distinction between holes, entrance holes, and exit holes. So in reality, if it's through and through, there are always two holes. If it gets caught inside, there's only one. There's only one way something can have a single hole through and through. And if it's if it's a two-dimensional object, which we can only simulate, and therefore it isn't real. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. You may resume the podcast. Eh, that's a decent point. <laughs> I think everyone has decent points on this. What about a piece of paper? Because a piece of paper technically isn't two-dimensional. Uh, but if you poke a hole through it, there's no possible way you can only poke one hole through it. it, it well, you can... But there's no way to poke two holes through a piece of paper. Exactly. So that w- Yeah, you would never say this piece of paper has two holes if you're referring to one hole. Right. <laughs> it's called a hole puncher, not a holes puncher. <laughs> Although some of those do three, so maybe those should be called holes punchers. That's true. Good point. <laughs> um, he goes on here. He says, I meant to add for the earth and donut parts that if you only went partway through in two areas, it would be considered two holes. Connecting them doesn't change that it's two holes. Look... 
like I said, I've never been stuck in my ways on this. I'm, I'm open to all angles. I just, I think I'm on the one whole side. <laughs> all right, comes we go on here um, from Spacebar. He says, Ryan, the song you were referencing is the Hey Song by Paul Gad, a.k.a. Gary Glitter. He was jailed in 2015 for multiple sexual assaults in the late 70s to include a minor. So, yes, sports have moved away from the song. Moving on. Yeah, see, like, like I get I get that you don't want to associate with yourself with that, but I just don't think people associate. I've never even heard of Paul Gad until right now. I just knew that the guy that did that song got in trouble and everyone moved away from him. Yeah, I still don't know who Paul Gad is, and it seems like a good thing. Yeah, I think you're missing out. Also, just Gary Glitter. I feel like you're set up for failure with a name like that. <laughs> I'm big on names, you know? You certainly are. That's not a winner. No, certainly not. All right, he goes, uh, you're batting a 1,000 on comments. You you batting a thousand on comments just took a hit. You skipped my comment from yesterday. I was between Nick Scott and Samuel Bisu. I think Zach got a little too excited over Samuel Bisu's win percentage with Ty's question, but all is forgiven. We probably we probably aren't batting a thousand, but we like to believe. <laughs> and if we miss one, just put it in the next pod, and we'll and we'll see it. Yeah, or no, just do that. <laughs> he says, bottom line up front: trade Rosen and draft capital. For Harris is a good, smart move for long-term outcome, not a win-now move. Yeah, I think, I think we agree on that. Exactly. Um, he says, after listening to yesterday's podcast, I'm fearful of the possibility that we may lose Chris Harris Jr. before the start of the year. But Mr. T's comment did intrigue me about the trade with Arizona for Rosen. As often said, the NFL is a business. Being able to get Rosen for Harris and probably some draft capital because Harris is a better player will secure the Broncos for a longer term, say 10 years, than keeping Harris for an additional three years, maybe more because he's still a stud. It's not a win-now move, but a definite possibility. I wonder if this is why Elway keeps saying there will be no talks until after the draft. Go Broncos. Gosh, I mean, if, if Josh Rosen turns into a starting quarterback for the next 10 years, then yeah, you trade Chris. It's just more of a gamble, and I mean, trading – Chris and draft capital for Rosen, that would be a huge win for Arizona, which makes me think it'd either just be straight up, which is difficult to do a player-for-player trade, or I think you'd get a second for Chris. And I guess it does seem like Josh will probably eventually go for a second. Vic Fangio once said, I don't want my assistants coming in to me after watching film and telling me what a guy can't do and what he's bad at. I want to hear what a guy can do and what he's good at. And if you watch the film of Josh Rosen last season from the scope of what he can do, you see a 10-year starter. You see a serious, serious quarterback prospect, a guy who can make all the throws, a guy who's really good. If you watch it from what he can't do and you're looking and you want to be hypercritical and you want to uh, you know, over-evaluate all of the things that he did wrong, you're going to be very scared away. So... It's a philosophy thing, but if you believe that you can protect Josh Rosen, you should make the trade. I will say I've started to get some more information on the 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 off-the-field concerns um, that teams have with him, and I'm not going to say it here because it's unconfirmed, but if if this is what teams are concerned about, it's not not his personality. It's not any of that stuff. We'll just say it's more – it's more – you know, Johnny Manziel than Paxton Lynch. <laughs> if you get, if you that's catch a fair my way to put it. Okay. Um, the next one here is from Bucking Broncos. He says, "Okay, let me say I know this is a completely unrealistic idea, but if I was Elway on draft night, I would go about the draft this way: 
First, I would use smoke Flacco as a smoke screen. If Denver didn't have him, uh, we would probably have to trade up to get a quarterback to prevent getting leapfrogged. After drafting Locker Haskins, our second-round pick would be used to grab the best offensive player available. Then, in round three, trade our pick for Gerald McCoy. Round four, we can grab either best player available or use the pick to trade for Darren Lee. <laughs> Following the draft, we cut Flacco to pay for McCoy and Lee <laughs> and use the leftover money to pay Strap Harris. This is the way we are. This way, we're sort of still in win now mode, but we also have the quarterback of the future. Like I said, completely unrealistic, but just a fun idea. My gut is telling me that there's a good chance Chris's time as a Bronco is coming to an end soon, and I would be really disappointed if that comes true. Also, if you're buying a jersey of a Broncos player currently on the roster, who would it be? I'm leaning towards Willie P. Will Parks, but a hard to pass on Lindsey or Sutton. Used to have a Vaughn and DT, but after I got those signed, I absolutely had to frame them. Mm, I would not go Will Parks just because the coach hasn't mentioned him. Uh, I like the high upside play there. And now if jerseys, if you bought jerseys based on like the price, and, and, and that would be a great value buy. Now, Will's going to be on the team, and he could be here for a long time. But also don't forget, he and Justin Simmons are entering their final year of their contract. I've always thought it would be fun to start a company that sells jerseys based off <laughs> of the stock of players, but I just I just feel like it's probably not a uh, great play for a profit. Yeah, you'll get robbed because you'll be selling the John Elway jersey for two hundred dollars. No one's going to buy that. They're just going to go to the store and buy it for a hundred, and then everyone's going to come to you to buy the forty-seven dollar Annie Janovich jersey. Well, I'll live with that one, but the one that I can't have is like. Selling Philip Lindsay mm. for you know uh, thirty five dollars at the beginning of training camp <laughs> when he finally gets number thirty. Yeah, Philip Lindsay would have never been thirty five dollars in your store though. No, thirty five hundred <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it still sounds fun. Yeah, it does sound fun. It sounds fun. Uh, that maybe it's just it's not about jerseys. It's just it's just like a fun game where you buy stock in players. Mm, and like a long-term com- fantasy draft yeah you compete against your friends over like 10 year increments uh, and the way that and it's the same way that the stock market works like if people try and buy them then the stock goes up if people are selling them <laughs> then the stock goes down that's sweet i like that stock market fantasy dang i like it you just have to have so many different groups doing it and then the prices will adjust yeah i mean you need you know thousands and thousands yeah. of users but it could be the new bitcoin cryptocurrency <laughs> i'm saying like it's just it's just fun no it's only for big time <laughs> money <laughs> well if one of you is a big sports fan who also works in stocks and, and is also an app developer <laughs> then hit me up let's create this thing um so for me if i was buying one i would obviously say you should get philip Lindsay. it's so easy i mean especially if you are from colorado live in colorado uh care about good stories or just want to like Colorado, it's it's a no-brainer. In terms of Broncos, it's hard to go wrong with that, just based off Broncos, too. You know who I bet really likes the draft hat? Phil. Philip Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> um, as for your scenario, that sounds great. Um, trading picks for established players is always fine in my mind, but... It is unrealistic, and you know that. <laughs> those are win-now moves, right? Trading for those two guys? Yeah, it, it contradicts <laughs> yeah. the first-round quarterback. But, hey, I'm high enough on Haskins 
that I would I would say it's still win now. If the first two picks, I'm like, ah, this is very offense focused, and then boom, you kill the defense when you when you trade the third and fourth pick. That'd be huge. You think we've said the the combination of words win now more than any other combination <laughs> of words on this podcast? Probably, yep, because <laughs> we're winning now. We always win. All right, let's take another break right here, and then when we come back on the other side, we'll finish up the rest of the questions. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, with a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, we have national bands. We have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at mosdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Mo's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend some Mo's to someone because we cater to all needs a family-friendly atmosphere we have colorado beers on tap all the games on the tvs it will blow your mind with amazing barbecue finishing off your questions here and then we also have something else to get to after your questions so stay tuned don't don't get you know too uh, aggressive there on the skip button and once you hear us finish the questions just because you're used to the routine uh this next one here though comes in from samuel bisu says hey guys here's a theory I think Vic is teaching John the art of the smokescreen. L.A. has never even bothered with it, and I think bringing in all the quarterbacks, specifically Murray, was just that. I think Vic is really good at that. Good at that. He's making everyone think he doesn't like the Devons, specifically comparing them to Roquan was masterful. But his best work was making the press believe he only watched 150 Broncos plays from last year. I think he watched 150 the first hour he was on the job. Keep up the excellent work. P.S. The 1-0-15 record would count like an 8 7 and 1 record but it still is a 1000 win percentage. Eh. What? I don't I don't get that. Yeah, cuz if it counts like an 8 7 and 1 record. Mm, interesting, interesting. I still haven't done my research. Come on, Zach. <laughs> I got got a long weekend to do that now. All right. Um hey, I actually think Vic is more into the smoke screen than John is too. Yeah. But I just felt uncomfortable when you said Vic is teaching John something. <laughs> it just didn't feel right to me. Yeah, it probably doesn't feel right to John either. Yeah. If Vic's ever sitting in his office teaching him something, John's probably like, mm, let's He hops on it. the phone and he's like, hey, uh, John, can you come down to my office? I want to tell you about something real quick. John's like, nope. He's like, oh, you busy? You just come down later. He's like, no, no, I'm actually doing nothing right now. Why don't, but you, I'm not come, <laughs> why don't you come to my office, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're literally one door away. <laughs> <laughs> and here's where I believe Vic. I believe he didn't watch much Broncos tape and didn't prepare for the Broncos interview that much, specifically Broncos. Some guys bring like a binder of everything about the team to their head coaching interview. I don't think Vic did. It's real Leslie Nope style. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he did because he had that heart-wrenching Bears overtime loss right before during the week leading up to that he told reporters he was watching no tape of the Broncos not preparing for the interview at all and I think that's what John liked it was just so different from what he's heard it wasn't the 
your team's fantastic. It was, uh, here's, here's the things we need to do to make your team better. I can't wait for my uh, story headlined how Cody Parkey helped the Broncos win the Super Bowl when Vic Fangio leads the Broncos to the Super Bowl and I get the exclusive of John Elway in which he tells me we weren't going to wait. If the Bears won that day, we were going to hire someone else. Mm, Mike Munchak. And then you'd only have one of those guys here. Yeah, that's – remind me about that one when (laughs) when when we travel to uh, the Super Bowl week. There we go. Uh, All right, next one here is from Bobby Boucher says hey fellas i'm a couple episodes behind at this point but i have a road trip ahead of me so i should catch up sorry if you've already talked about this i was really impressed with sutton's confidence and posture in his presser that said what do you make of his comment that he's now wide receiver one you almost you almost got this one in on us like i said i appreciate the confidence but couldn't that potentially create friction between he and sanders or is this telling us something about sanders status well you were certainly on the same wavelength as us he says shifting gears entirely Both of my kids, ages 8 and 11 now, are huge Broncos fans from birth. In the post-Manning era of QB suckage, they took to assigning nicknames to our quarterbacks. (laughs) I will share them with the world. Trevor Suckian, Crapton Lynch, and my personal favorite, Brock Buttcheek. (laughs) You're welcome. I shudder to think what they could do with the name Joe Flacco. (laughs) And by the way, Zach, I just have uh, was handed a note here from a source about Chris, Bobby's son. And we need to give a special shout out to him because he just turned 11 this week. Hey, happy birthday, Chris, 11. And boy, Chris, I'll tell you what, this is a great week to have a birthday. And by the way, 11 is a great year because that's my lucky number. There we go. So happy birthday, Chris. He also, uh, Bobby Boucher said, what are the chances you guys will ever get tall sizes in your apparel? I would buy one of everything. If it wasn't a midriff on me, <laughs> sounds like a tall guy. Uh, I, it's hard. I don't know. It's hard because when you are like us, which is a small operation in terms of, you know, the fashion world, um, there's so many people out there who are saying like, well, why, why don't you have this size? Why don't you have kid sizes? So, you know, uh, Bobby Boucher could buy his son, Chris, the Philip Lindsay shirt. Like <laughs> we would love that. The hard thing is when you do that, it's an investment and it's it's one of those things where you have to just hope that there's enough people that have been wanting that and and it's, it's a gamble so if everyone else buys more and more and more and more merch then we'll be able to expand into larger sizes so bobby boucher if you want to buy a hundred of your size i'm sure we can make that work yes yeah <laughs> if you want um a hundred of uh of each shirt <laughs> actually it's, it would be more like 10 every order 10 of each shirt yeah, and you can, you know, do whatever you want. <laughs> From Bleed Orange Blue, thanks for answering my Elway draft issue. I knew I could count on you guys to figure it out, even if it took two times to ask it. <laughs> if the Broncos end up, after the draft, having some leftover cap space, 2 to $3 million, any chance they give Chris an increase in pay this year to calm the waters until the offseason of 2020? Why don't the Broncos sign a veteran guard? It worked in 2015 with Evan Mathis if John is trying to regain the magic of the 2015 season. First off, on Chris, we kind of talked about it yesterday. No, you're, you're not just going to give him a bonus so that he comes back and plays this year and then you lose him next year. What you would do is you would use that two or three that you have left over in cap space uh, to restructure a new deal or, or to make an extension, not restructure. And then you can use that two or three million for this year, bump him up to 11. But then he's also locked on for three or four more years after this. That's what you would do with that. You wouldn't just say, I want to make you happy, Chris, but let you walk next year. Yeah, 
Yeah, you use that money to just increase his pay this year in an extension. All right, from the OG MVP, he says, hey, two questions, guys. The first is more on the draft. How many quarterbacks do you see truly going in the top ten? I've seen some mocks that only have Murray going number one and then Haskins and Locke on the board with Denver going with Locke. I would not like that. Uh, I think Bronco fans would have more questions than answers with L.A. drafting Locke with the number ten pick. The second question refers back to a question I had asked a while ago. I saw an article that said Vaughn has gained 10 pounds during the offseason and should come in with a little bit more power. I had mentioned this earlier that he wasn't bullying tackles like he used to with physicality. Do you think that him adding more weight should equal more power and hopefully more sacks? Again, 20 million should mean 20 sacks. Thanks as always. P.S. I'm trying to get my brother hooked on that BSN Denver train. Choo-choo. You're exactly right, Aaron. A million dollars per sack. And yeah, Vaughn gained 10 pounds this offseason so that when he's locked up with tackles, he can control where it goes, not them control him. He said it doesn't change anything else. But then he said something interesting. He said he played Super Bowl 50. He was in the 230s. So a little interesting there. I can't promise this, but I have a in, in my head, I have a personal vow to stop worrying about players weight uh, 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 uh. none of it really matters it really doesn't now remember because i remember this remember when vaughn was suspended and he like worked out so hard and he came back and he was like you know 245 i think maybe it's 250 <laughs> and then he didn't like that so then he cut down it's like i i get that players have to have something to do in the offseason so they come <laughs> up with these goals but right also vaughn could be 245 now guess what's gonna happen when he's running around in, in 100 degree weather during training camp 235 it's gonna all fall right off of him so i i don't know i don't want to downplay it but i don't want to overplay it could it help him sure he did mention that he felt like tackles were kind of controlling him a little more last year which is not what you want to hear but sure didn't um it sure didn't help who was it ryan no who was the tackle for the panthers oh yeah 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 khalil what no i don't think it was was it not i think it was someone else okay um but it didn't help him when Von Miller, you know, just absolutely ruined his life. No, and just looking for things to do, probably, like you said, because we're not talking Brandon Marshall, who went from, what, 250 to 226 was his goal to get to. That's huge. And we're talking about 10% of your body weight. And we're talking less than 5%. It's really not the biggest deal. So I wouldn't worry too much about 9, 10 pounds. Uh, in terms of his first question... It's hard to think that quarterbacks aren't going to fly off boards. Maybe one of those guys is there for the Broncos. Both of them aren't going to be there. Yeah, I, I can't see that either. I was, I'm going to go just right ahead and say three in the top ten. I think that's what ends up happening. It just it seems like there's never a case where people cool off on the quarterbacks as the draft gets closer. So that's either a dream scenario for people wanting – uh, the Broncos to draft Devin White, or it's a nightmare scenario for everyone when Daniel Jones is the pick at ten. Don't even joke about that. <laughs> All right. Now to the question of the week presented by Sports Column. Again, make sure you check out Sports Column. Guess what, Zach? What? Opening day oh, tomorrow. Oh, oh, oh. It's going to be lit. If you learn one thing from this podcast, I hope you learn many things. But if it's one, if you only learn one thing, it's that you need to, at some point in your life, come to Denver for opening day. It, and it's the beginning of a weekend, so you get the rest of the weekend here. It's perfect. Look, the Broncos, I mean, every game is an event for the Broncos, and, and tailgating outside the stadium is a fantastic experience. There's honestly nothing like opening day. It is the greatest holiday in Denver, which is kind of funny because everyone talks about how much of a football town this is. And, like, the Broncos' first home game of the year, yeah, that's exciting. That's fun. 
it's not right in downtown. And the fact that Coors Field is right in downtown turns opening day into just this wild party where everyone is wearing purple. So if you if you learn one thing, it's that you need to get here for opening day one time. But if you are here for opening day, you got to stop by Sports Column, which is, I mean, you can see the entrance to Coors Field. You can pretty much see home plate from Sports Column. So make sure you check out Sports Column uh, for all of your opening day or any other day of the, of the Rocky season needs. Exactly. And the first response... Oh, yes, the question. It's good to know the question before you do the answers. <laughs> question is, are you worried about Chris Harris Jr. not reporting to the team's first day of voluntary workouts and presumably not not reporting for the foreseeable future? And John Mathias comes in and says, Chris Harris Hunoir? Nah. Hunier. Hunier. I was trying to – I've never heard of that. Chris Harris Jr.? Oh. Chris Harris Hunier. Hunier. Like, okay. who is that? Got it. Got it. <laughs> Hunoir. <laughs> Well, I don't, Sounds I don't, like a type of wine. I still, I exactly. That's what I thought. I still look at it, and I don't even know how you pronounce it. It's like junior, but you pronounce you take the J U and put a W H O. Oh, I get it. <laughs> Jeez, man! <laughs> wow, you need more coffee. Yeah, yeah. So he says, Chris Harris, who junior? <laughs> nah, just kidding. Hope to see him soon. That was a good one, John. <laughs> oh man, I really enjoyed it. I thank you for for putting Zach into a. Into I, a spin I even cycle googled there. it. That's why I. That's why I forgot to say what the question was. What happened when you googled Hunier? <laughs> oh, just so many. Like, did you mean this? This? <laughs> this? I wish something like completely inappropriate would have come up. <laughs> a Hunier. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> uh, next one came in from JD Kressel. He says simply, "Nope." <laughs> Kenneth chimes in and says, "Quote unquote voluntary. I believe he will show up soon. He just wanted to make waves. Pay the man." Ryan, does he show up without a contract? Nope. Yeah. From Gunner Kane, not worried. Voluntary workouts are just that, voluntary. But it's kind of a bad look. I wonder on who? On Chris? Wait, are these media sessions also voluntary? <laughs> we could make it voluntary. All right. Just maybe for a day and then we're replaced. Well, isn't that the same as like holding out like we were talking about? <laughs> we're hold, let's hold out. Let's hold out from these things. What if we hold out inside the facility? Kind of do the opposite of what Chris is doing. We say we're not leaving this building. That's being hold up, not hold out. Oh, yeah. There are no windows. How long could we survive in here? <laughs> there is not. I mean, you have your water bottle. Outside of that, there's not anything we could eat. Or drink. In you didn't this bring room. your lunch in. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> we could have partitioned that off for at least three days. Uh, we got a banana. Well, it's not even in here, so it's not worth it. Wait, there's a wood block. There is a wood. I Can think you eat that? I think there's like a small amount of nutrition. It, it comes from a living thing, right? Yeah, wood. you think you could. Splinters. That'd be bad. Yeah, we're in, we're in trouble. <laughs> I think we could make it three days. Oh man, that'd be the worst. Well, you know when you get so hungry that you're not hungry anymore. <laughs> So you're sharing your water with me? No, I guess you get three days, right? Isn't that what they say? Without water? Yeah. But we have water, so that's got to buy us a whole other day. Right. <laughs> so you can make it four. All right. We're going to be here for four days. Wow. Sorry, Hope someone's we're, listening. We're, we're going to miss opening day. save us. Who wants my ticket? <laughs> um, next one comes in from Craig Laddington. He says, I'm not worried at the moment, but I am worried about how this may end. Kind of exactly how we feel. I think that means you're worried. <laughs> Next one from Eamon Badman. He says, I'm worried that Elway will give Chris Harris Jr. the it's the business treatment 
and let him hit free agency after the season. If Elway is serious about winning on defense, then locking up Chris Kareem and Bryce for three years is the way to go while Chubb is still on his rookie contract. Mm, it's a good point. And Flacco, yes, he's making quarterback money, but he's not making elite quarterback money. I mean, you save $10 million with Flacco. From Texas Bronco, not worried yet. Pay the man. Mm. You're worried. Yep. <laughs> From Do You Like Dags, Strap Harris is orange and blue through and through. Pay the man. Yep. I, I would think that's how all the fans would feel. Andrew Carter, I'm a little worried. I think Chris would be well within his rights to ask for around $13 million a year. I could see Elway giving him the business treatment, and I don't like to think about a Chrisless Broncos. It's almost like a Christmasless Broncos. Both are equally as bad. <laughs> Next one from David Freeze. He says, yes, Elway brought in two new guys, and I hope he doesn't think they can replace Harris. They're good, but are they all pro level? Pay the man. I'm already losing some faith in Elway. If he gets rid of Harris, I might be done with him. Yikes. I know the Broncos won't be. John's shaking in his boots after that one. This last one is pretty intense. Comes in from Antonio R. And he says, I hope he gets the dead by inches treatment. Whoa. Obviously a play on the death by inches. He's literally calling for Chris Harris Jr.'s execution. (laughs) Can we end the week on that, Ryan? (laughs) No, we can't. (laughs) Uh, I guess it is. Missing voluntary workouts has death by inches written all over it. It really does. Everything's important. I mean, this is an inch. They lost an inch on Tuesday. They're going to lose an inch today. If you wanted to, that's how you could phrase so many questions when something goes wrong to Vic. Uh, so is this, an exa- is this an example of death by inches, Vic? Oh, man, that's really putting him in a corner. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of messed up. But, I mean, it, really, uh, like this is, that's an inch. It has to be. It, 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 in the death by inches philosophy, that was an inch. Yep. Because it's not death by miles. Death by oceans. Or it's not death by inches once training camp starts. Right. <laughs> right. Every day counts. Every every snap counts. Every rep counts. Everything counts in death by inches. Unless, yeah, it has to. So I guess you can give, you can give inches as long as it's not to the point of death. <laughs> uh, what? Like death by inches doesn't mean you can never give an inch. It just means you can't die by the inches. And you can't have them pile up. Right. So this is the one inch they can give. No more mistakes all season long. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, it, it, you got you to gotta stick by your philosophy. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we had a little bit of fun. We found out a way to have fun with that dark, dark comment. <laughs> um, but to finish the week of what has been a lot of Chris Harris Jr. talk, has, have your feelings changed at all? Will Chris Harris Jr. be there week one? Yes. Uh, (laughs) Zach tried to tease me with his eyes, but I agree. He will be there. More hesitation than when this week started. I think Chris has a a little bit more leverage than I think John would want to acknowledge because obviously they're in a negotiation position. But Chris is – he is viewed in the same light as a a champ Bailey. And because of that, he has – I mean, look at what Mr. Freeze said. You know, if if L.A. – loses Chris then he's going to be done with him and and John understands that it doesn't it's not the end all be all to him but he also doesn't want the fans to revolt he probably didn't want to give Von Miller all that money but he knew that he had to how would the team respond if you move on from Chris or don't pay him and he doesn't show up because with DT everyone knew I mean TJ Ward fans everyone knew especially the players they know more than anyone with Chris 
players know how good he is. Well, by the time we talk to you next week, a lot will have happened. Uh, we'll, ta- we'll tell you what we learned today at the press conferences on Monday. Make sure you tune in for the draft podcast tomorrow. Always an enjoyable listen from Andre, especially during this time of the year. It's getting me down.